Now we want to talk about all things new. I love the verse you shared, Roxanne, because uh, it goes hand in hand with this. Uh, I want you to be prepared that today or beginning today, you're going to see a lot of this onslaught of TV ads of how you can lose weight. Uh, my wife and I have this thing. I don't understand. She makes the best chocolate chip cookies in the world. And they're health chocolate chip cookies. They're sourdough chocolate chip cookies, so that means they're health food. I'm convinced if you eat enough, you'll lose weight. So she bakes them and, and cools them over the entire kitchen. You can't enter the kitchen without being enraptured with the smell. And so I'm doing my part to compliment the chef. You know, I'm just sacrificing my body so that she knows I, I appreciate it. And then she goes, you shouldn't be eating that. And I'm, I'm confused. Why are you baking them and then telling me not to eat? Well, they're for everyone else. Oh. Life at the Stangles. I, I'm, I'm confused. But here, you're, you're going to hear these silly resolutions like, I'm going to treat my sister nice this year. That's going to last five minutes. I'm gonna, I'll never drive over the speed limit. Listen, I think this is what we need to do. 2023. Uh, rather than making up a bunch of resolutions, re resolve to do this, uh, I think we ought to just turn to the Bible and receive God's promises and stand on them and apply them. For instance, our verse today is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. How do you know it? I think it's one of the first ones I ever memorized. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Like, wait, wait, wait. Before I was walking with the Lord, I had the worst potty mouth around. And when I got right with him, I realized this is, it's like the Lord saying, you know, if those lips are going to praise me, that potty stuff's got to go. It shouldn't come from the same lips. And, and so the, all things were, were these, uh, the, the uh, I'm sorry, the old things passed away, all things became new. What really happened in my life, I actually wanted to go to church. Now, growing up, in a Roman Catholic church and serving as altar boy like I did as a kid. This is a new experience where I want to go to church, I want to fellowship, I want to talk about Jesus. This is all things become new. Now, that was written to the Corinthian church. What do we know about the Corinthians? All right, Corinth is, is this uh, town in Greece, ancient Greece. And what do we know? Because he's writing to them, I want you to know all things become new in Christ. And so the first thing we know about them, well, there was this term at that day where uh, if you want to talk about a disgusting lifestyle, you would say, oh, that girl, she lives like a Corinthian. That guy, he lives like a Corinthian. That means the lowest of the low. There's no moral standard whatsoever. We also know that Paul, was the, Paul the apostle was afraid to go to Corinth. He was afraid. He's saying, what am I going to do? Those guys are given over to sexual immorality. And you want me to go there and go, hey, abstain. They're going to kill me. So he was so afraid that it took the Lord in Acts chapter 18 to tell him, look at this. Don't be afraid. That means he was. Don't be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. I think too many believers keep silent. When God's saying, I want you to speak up. And then he said this, I have many people in this city. Paul spoke up. He planted a church. He stayed there for a year and a half making disciples. So many people got saved, but they had a few problems. Number one, they were carnal. 
That, that means by the time they should have grown up and be mature as a believer, they were still babies. They were still spiritual pushovers. And, and carnal in, in mainly three ways. They had this big split over who their favorite teacher was. And, and some of them are even listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Or some, some would say, I, I just, you know, when Paul speaks and he brings out the Hebrew of the Old Testament, it's so rich. And the other guy would go, he's so boring. I like Apollos. When he speaks, it's just poetic. It's fluent. No, he goes too long. I like Peter. And they, they list these guys. And Peter, man, he knows what it's like to fail and to look at Jesus in the eye and just weep and then get restored. And Paul says, don't you guys get it? Each teacher is a gift from God. God's the one that brings the increase. So they had that. Then they, had, they were soft on sin. They, there was a guy living in sexual sin with, it looks like, his stepmom. And they're going, wow, the grace of God. Look at that. And Paul says, don't, tell, don't call that the grace of God. Kick him out. Remove him from the umbrella of protection of the church. Now, I wonder how Paul would do in churches today where there's so much softness on sin. Of course, they did remove him. It was so severe that he wrote chapter or 2 Corinthians, and he said, okay, look, you've done your job. He knows he was wrong. Now I want you to restore him because if you don't, we know how Satan's going to use that and trip people up. Isn't that interesting? Unforgiveness Satan can use to really trip people up. So the third thing is, they, their spiritual gifts were all over the place. They just thought, man, to speak in tongues, you have arrived. And then, they're, oh, no, no, prophecy is the way. And so their church, like this, you'd have a three-ring circus going on, and they thought this was the best thing ever. And Paul goes, you guys don't get it. The gifts are not to show up, show off. They're to bless people. They're to build people up, to encourage, to stir them up. You, you've got it all wrong. And so then he, it, basically in first, the first letter, he writes, you know, God moves in an atmosphere of love and faith and unity. That's what you need in the church. And so they're basically going, how, how do I do that? And that brings us back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. How do you do that? Well, it's something God wants to do in your life. That if anyone, now notice this, anyone, that includes you. That's, it's, it's like, it doesn't matter what you did. It can be forgiven. It doesn't matter your background, your race, your color. Any of those things, this doesn't matter. You see, so many believers, they read something like, if anyone, and immediately they go, anyone but me. No, you can't say that's the Asaph uh, problem. Asaph was King David's chief musician. And in Psalm 73, Asaph, who was highly respected, generations after him served the Lord. And Asaph goes in Psalm 73, I know that God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart, but as for me. See how he just removes himself? And so, so many believers, they hear stuff like, anyone, yeah, anyone but me. No, 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 it's anyone. Don't get robbed of that. He says, you're a new creation. A new creation. Now, here's, 
Here's the mind-blowing thing about that. As it took God to make the first creation, it takes God to make the second creation. You, as a believer. Truth is, the first creation was a lot easier. God did it with nothing. Bara in the Hebrew, B-A-R-A. He just said, let there be light. There was nothing to, let me work with these materials. No, 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 just let there be light. God worked with nothing and instantly, but the second creation, he's got to work with me and then work with you. With issues and hang-ups and histories and whatever, inconsistencies and laziness. And, and God says, no, I will work in you. I'll do a second creation. That's why in Philippians, it says, work out your salvation, your own salvation. Don't be an expert in everybody else's. Work out your own salvation in fear and trembling, for it is God at work in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. The same idea. They go hand in hand. God's doing this work. It's, a, it's the second creation, if you will, and, and it's something, it's, it's called regeneration. You might have heard that term. Nice $10 word means new life. Regeneration. Now, here's the deal. I hope you get this. It's wrong to think that anyone who is not saved would live like they're re regenerated. No, this is wrong. You know, for the, for the believer to point at this world and go, why can't they be better? Because they're not. Because they don't have that regeneration power in them. They don't have the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit in them, bringing forth new birth, new life. That is happening. It's a God thing, and I don't want to get in his way. So I can't expect the world to live like they're reborn. But it'd be wrong to think that anyone who's saved would not live like this. See the difference? Okay. I don't blame the world for living in sin. But when a Christian, someone who claims, I know Jesus, I know his resurrection power, I'm given over to the Holy Spirit, and yet there's no change, I'm, I'm confused. That, that doesn't make sense to me. Okay, so 2 Corinthians 5.17, I'm a new creation. Does it stop there? No, <laughs> the next verse. Goes into verse 18. It says, we've been given a ministry of reconciliation. This is where I want to be stretched this year. You've been given a ministry of reconciliation. How do we be stretched in that way? When Jesus left, he gave us the Great Commission. Go into all the world, teaching them to obey, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So there's a, a saying, Jesus said, go... Either I go, or I send others to go, or I disobey. See the shock? Because all things are new, my purpose in life is different. I don't want to stand by, zip lip, and watch people go to hell. I just... I, I don't know about you, I trip out on hell all the time. I trip out on eternity all the time. When Kalau's dad died this past week, I went, wow forever 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 the pope just died and uh barbara walters says i'm just fascinated wherever they are it's eternal 
So this ministry of reconciliation, he calls us ambassadors for Christ there in verse 20. Now, what does that mean? An ambassador, they're from another country. An ambassador is not here to give you his point of view, his opinion, but to properly give you the king's opinion. And this is fascinating. Wherever an ambassador goes, he carries his country with him or her. That, uh, I don't know what the circumference is, but there's a circle uh, around them. So if I were to go up to the ambassador of Australia or the ambassador of Austria and punch him, I've committed a crime on the land of Austria. See, you as an ambassador carry a little bit of heaven with you wherever you go. That's why if I do this right, people go, wow, when that guy came around, I felt like I took a spiritual shower. How come? Because I bring a little bit of heaven. You bring a little bit of heaven wherever you go. You're an ambassador. You're representing heaven. This world's not my home. I'm just passing through. But when they say, hey, so what's your opinion on abortion? What's your opinion on same-sex marriage? My opinion. I'll give you my king's opinion. That's my job. I am an ambassador representing a king, and my job is to give you what's on his heart. So what's his message? Be reconciled to God. That, that's the message here, but I failed. I, I think, uh, I've told you before, some of my biggest failures as a parent, others are when God called me to do something, I just didn't do it. You ever had like a, a Joshua moment? You know, when Joshua came, Moses is gone, I'm taking over. Now God's telling me to cross this Jordan River. Are you serious? It's overflowing. I've never done that before. I'm backing up. No, 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 no. Lead. Have your eyes on the Lord. Go for it. Just take a step. Dare to step in. No, no, no. no. And you have this Joshua moment where you know it's the Lord. Your heart's going like this and... I'm not going to do it. I've done that. I've had those moments. I've told you before, one was across the street when we used to have the Hollywood um, movie theater. What a great building. And one night we were doing an outreach over there, and, and two, night, two, two times, the early one was packed out, a lot of families, young families. The second one was hardly like eight guys. And at the end, this guy's going to come out and share a message, and I could tell he has no faith at all because all of us were up in the balcony. And the Lord put something on my heart. Go share with these people right now. Did you ever do this? Okay, Lord, give me the first thing to say, and I'm your boy. Give me the first sentence. God gives me a paragraph and a push. And I'm going, um... If the third guy over is wearing a red shirt, (laughs) there's got to be a way out of this. And I had my Joshua moment, and I chickened out. There's no other way. There's no gracious way to say it. I blew it. How do you use that for a good, a positive? I went home that night. I said, Lord, I never want to back down again. I never want to taste that kind of defeat. I had a Joshua moment, and when he crossed, I backed off. 
So I failed. Well, let's go to someone who really failed. Peter. Peter failed, but he got right with the Lord. And he lived decades. Oh, Lord, we know he failed. He fell asleep in prayer. But I tell you what, I bet he could outpray at a prayer meeting now or towards the end of his life. I think he learned from his failures. So in 2 Peter 3.18, now these are the words of a dying man. These are the last penned words that we know of from the Apostle Peter who's going to be killed. And he said, but grow in grace, in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory both now and forever. Amen. So here's what I want to leave us with this morning. A very short outline. Resolve to grow in grace. He said, grow in the grace. Resolve to grow in knowledge. And here's the third one. Be stretched. Resolve when that Joshua moment comes, go for it. All right, so let's break it down. Go, grow in grace. 2 Timothy 2, verse 1 says, My son, be strong in the grace that's in Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible never says, please be weak in grace. Don't embarrass other people. Just be weak. Just be a pushover. No, it says, listen. He's, this, by the way, Timothy at this point is a senior pastor. And he's saying, hey, senior pastor, be strong in the grace. Which tells me, some of you older Christians need to hear this. Be strong in the grace. You, you know why? It's horrible being around someone who's weak in the grace. They're full of condemnation. They're always beating themselves up or they're beating everybody else. It's just, come on, be, be strong in the grace of God. How do I do that? Well, we receive his new mercies every morning. Every, okay, January 1, 2023. Did you receive his new mercies this morning? Why would you show up in church without that? Then, it's, it's often a, a, an issue of someone doesn't know they're forgiven. In 1 John chapter 2, John the Apostle shares three steps of growth for the mature believer. It starts with the innocent, uh, the young ones, then the young men, then the fathers. But for the, the little children, the first step, he goes, I write to you because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. You, you see, those who are weak in grace still struggle with, am I forgiven? Do you see it says, for his name's sake? What is that supposed to be? He's the one that said, it is finished on the cross. It's, it's over. It's paid in full. And, and until I accept the fact my sins are forgiven, I'm still in kindergarten of spirituality. I haven't even digested the basics. Listen, when the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's for his name's sake because it's his promise. And so he, he's bound, he's forced, if you will, to forgive because I'm asking for it the way he told me to, in his name. Resolve in knowledge. I'm not just talking about reading books. Read your Bible. Have you seen these things on like Google News and stuff. 
the five books that will change your life. Have you ever, ever, ever read the Bible? No. God's wisdom. No. God's promises. I don't want to read it. Read the Bible. Here's the deal. Uh, Danny already shared about some Bible programs. Read through the Bible in one year. Something I highly recommend. Here's the deal. 1,189 chapters in the Bible. Divided by 365 days in the year. 3.25 chapters per day. And you've read through the Bible. Is there warfare involved and emotions and I don't feel like of course of course but that's all it takes now if you check out your screen time on your phone you spend a little bit more than that on screen time all right now here's the key yesterday where's Raleigh Raleigh and I finished once again reading through the entire Bible as well as Psalms, Proverbs, and Gospels twice, just by reading four chapters a day. That's all it takes. Now, the truth is, it's part delight and it's part discipline. Delight means I should be kind of stoked to read his promises. So in Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16, he says, Thy words were found. And I, I, I always quote this one in Old King James, because we used to sing it. Thy words were found, and I ate them. You remember that? Thy words became for me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I've been called by your name. It's like Jeremiah goes, I was reading the book, and guess what? I found it. I'm in it. I found it applies to me. So it's such a delight on one hand, but man alive, it's a discipline on the other hand. There's going to be times I don't feel spiritual at all. Some of you might go, yeah, it's pretty much most of the time. And, you know, you, you, if you're waiting for some overwhelming wave of emotion to draw you, it's not going to happen. So here's uh, Ezra, chapter 7, verse 10. And when I teach in the Bible colleges in India, I always have the students memorize this verse, pretty much the first session. Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it, and then to pass it on to others. That, that takes devotion. That takes discipline, where i got to prepare my heart. And truth is, man, sometimes I wake up, I'm foul already. But Lord, I want to prepare my heart to seek your word. I want that goal of reading through it in one year. Uh, you guys know that Everybody Loves Raymond? Remember that show, The Circle? Raymond looked like Ryan Mancuso, if you remember him. <laughs> but Raymond's wife, in real life, is a believer. And she came out and, uh, just recently, I was reading this in some magazine, that she just finished reading the Bible for the first time ever. And she said, I'm kind of embarrassed because I've been a believer for years. And I'm getting, you know, as an actress, I'm sure she's got a busy schedule, but she goes, you know what? I did it, finally. And today... She's starting to do it all over again. Hey, read through it. Now, to grow in knowledge, look at this verse. From the Old Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The sons of Issachar, that's one of the 12 tribes, they had understanding of the time. I like that. They knew what Israel was facing. They knew what Israel ought to do. They have an understanding. A lot of people 
have uh, a sick feeling of what we're going through. A lot of people know how bad it's gotten. And no, you don't trust people. You know, they understood, though. They know, okay, I know how bad it is. But I also know what we're supposed to do. Now, in the New Testament, we're told in, in um, Romans 13, knowing the time, it's high time to awake out of sleep. This is, this is what I want to get at. How do I have, if I'm going to grow in knowledge, how, and I have this understanding what I ought to do, what the church ought to do, here's a question. How do I share with believers who have lost their salt? A guy I knew for years, suddenly he went, did this on social media, so it's not a big secret. I'm not on social media, so my wife showed me this to me. He said, uh, I'm no longer he, she. Now, I'm, I might butcher this, but this is the gist of what he said. I'm no longer he, she, I'm them, they. And inside, I just want to explode. Because I'm old school. I'm, I'm literally old school, okay? Some of you say you're old. I'm old school. And I, I'm just thinking of Romans 1.22, where it says, professing to be wise, they became fools. I want to just slap them. Go, wake up. Why are you following the world? There's no distinction between you and the world. And I just want to yell. So I was sharing this with a friend of mine, John Voss. And uh, he's in Bible college and teaching an Ohana study. And I said, man, I just want to slap this guy. I want to shake him and say, professing to be wise. Because that, that's the verse for today. And I confess, I'm not proud of this. This is my old school tendency. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. I'd like to ask him, hey, so I'm not familiar with this. Um, why would you, what caused you to switch and what was the process of your journey? Now, here's the deal. He's being salt. He's not trying to uh, just be buddy-buddy and say, yeah, that's okay. He's trying to, like Paul the Apostle, I became all things all men that I might win the more. Not that I might make friends, but I might win them to Jesus Christ. And I said, thanks, John, because that really helped me. I want to grow, be stretched in my understanding, because we're facing issues these days that it's not like it was in the 70s, in the 80s. So another example was Amy Grant. I've listened to Amy's music. I've seen her in concert a couple of times. Loved her. Loved her music, her ministry. Uh, but maybe you're aware that she also came out on social media, social network, that her and her husband are hosting a lesbian wedding for their niece. And she said, after all, Jesus left us with two things. Love God, love one another. That's what we're doing. How do you respond to someone who's lost their salt? Because Jesus said, you're the light of the world. Okay? We're told in the New Testament, expose the darkness. Don't just turn away. Expose it. 
He said, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. And if salt loses its flavor, what good is it? It's just to throw it on the ground so it melts the ice. But you know what else? It's walked all over by bullies, by people who don't care. And, and so when someone's losing their salt, I, so I like what uh, Franklin Graham shared. I love Franklin and his ministry. He said, yes, yes, Jesus did say, love God, love one another. He also said, if you love me, you'll obey me. And I say, let's quote, you're the salt of the earth, you're the light of the world, you have a job to do. You see, some people want to sacrifice God's holiness so we can elevate his love. And that's not being salt, that's not being light. So what do you do? You share about, well, yes, Jesus did say, Love God, love one another. He condensed all 613 commandments of the Old Testament into those two in the New Testament, but he also called us light and salt. He also said, please hear this, you're either gathering with him or you're scattering against him. He said, you're either for me or against me. You're either gathering people with me or scattering against when, you've, when I have lost my salt, I can no longer say I'm gathering with Jesus Christ. I'm scattering. It comes down to the, okay, you, you, you see you're a believer, you're going to heaven, I love that. Are you gathering with him so you don't go to heaven alone? Do you really want to get there before the king of kings and turn around and no one's following you? No one's been influenced by your salt or illuminated by your light? No, I, I, I want to grow in this knowledge so that I know how to reach people. In Proverbs it says, he who is wise wins souls. I don't want to enter an argument with the goal of I'm right, you're wrong. I want to enter it in a way that honors Jesus Christ, in a way that he could say, well done, Mike, that's, that's great. I want to be light and salt. I want to be a soul winner. I might not win that argument, but if you share the Lord's word, that's a seed that can be planted and not go away, and that person might fester with conviction to the point they turn to Jesus Christ. Resolve to grow in being stretched. Here's, if you don't want to be stretched, this one bothers me. In Proverbs 1, it says, the complacency of fools will destroy them. Another translation says the prosperity of fools will destroy them. Same word. Meaning, you know what? I want to live so comfortably I don't have to be stretched. I don't have to trust God. I don't have to work out the situation. But the complacency of fools, complacencies, you know, I don't want to, I just want to cruise. I don't want to, I'm tired of growing. I'm tired of being stretched. That, that kind of lifestyle will, will kill you because, again, our verse was 2 Peter. 
grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm resolving to grow in grace, knowing my sins are forgiven, knowing he's for me, his hand is upon me, he has a plan for me and a purpose. I, I want to grow in knowledge with an understanding of, okay, we're not living in the 60s. We're not living as it would Words are changing. <laughs> Meanings are changing. Lifestyles are changing. I'm still called to be an ambassador for a king of another country. How do I win people over? And how do I grow? Are you committed to being stretched this year? Uh, being an ambassador, I don't know if you've ever seen yourself as that. Maybe you've always seen yourself as that. Maybe you thought, no, I thought I'm here to share my opinion. No, that's not an ambassador. Ambassadors get fired for stuff like that. An ambassador, no, I'm here to share the king's opinion. How about a, a year of being salt and light and not in a, not trying to be as offensive as possible, but Christ-like as possible. What do I share? Four things and we're done. You're created in the image of God. When I first heard of evolution, I thought, what a joke. What a joke. I did not come from a monkey. But some people believe it. And so if you tell a lie long enough, people start believing it. Now, you're created in the image of God. Uh, but we've all sinned. So if you're going to be an ambassador, this is what you share with people. This is how you lead people to Jesus Christ. And it's not you. It's not you being so convincing. It's you relying on the resurrection power of God. Because he's the one that wants to reach people. You see, he loved us so much he sent Jesus. I was watching something recently, a documentary, and many people from India were being interviewed and people from around the world. And they were asking... Uh, what spoke to you the most about the Bible? Guess what they said? God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. It's like my friend in India was one of them. He went to a Billy Graham thing, heard that for the first time. He goes, what? God loves me? Yeah, he so loved the world, he sent Jesus. If you surrender your heart to Jesus Christ, you can begin this whole new lifestyle. Church, my desire is to be more fruitful than ever before. In my life personally, in this church, in missions, but in your life. May God grant you an extremely fruitful 2023. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, you've been created in the image of God. But you have sinned, just like the rest of us. God saw in advance before the foundation of the world he determined to send his only son when you surrender to him you will be forgiven your life will be turned around and be heaven, heaven bound church can we stand